In today's brief, we'll talk about attacks on first responders, North Korean hackers, and Russia's bridge problem. I'm Linnea, and today is Tuesday, August 8th, 2023. You're listening to the Ukraine War Brief Podcast, where we bring you up to speed on the war in Ukraine in about 20 minutes or less. Let's get started with the news in Ukraine from the front. Russian losses are now reported to exceed 250,000 since February 24, 2022, including killed, wounded, and missing in action. The General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, or GSAFU, noted that on August 6, Ukrainian forces killed 540 Russian personnel and destroyed seven tanks, eight armored fighting vehicles, or AFVs, 12 artillery systems, 28 UAVs, those are drones, and six ammunition depots. So far this summer, Russia's tactical combat aircraft have been carrying out over a hundred sorties a day, but primarily over Russian-controlled territory due to threat from Ukrainian air defenses. Russia has been depending more and more on freefall bombs with range-extending glide attachments, allowing aircraft to release their payload further from their targets but actually hitting those targets has been an issue. As we've previously reported, Russian standoff glide bombs are notoriously ineffective, with a large percentage of them dropping like stones as soon as they're released, still well behind the Russian lines. Those that do operate correctly have had significant problems with accuracy. Valery Zaluzhny, commander-in-chief of the AFU, remarked that Russian forces are attempting to distract Ukrainian forces by engaging in active assault operations in areas of the front away from Ukraine's primary offensive push, but added that Ukraine still holds the initiative. In the eastern theater of operations, Russian forces have increased bombardment of the eastern front, according to Deputy Minister of Defense Hanna Malyar, particularly around Kupyansk, where Russian troops are trying to regain lost positions. The GSAFU reported that Ukrainian forces are, quote, standing their ground, successfully repelling Russian attacks east of Petropavlivka in Kharkiv Oblast. The Institute for the Study of War, or ISW, reported that Russian forces have recaptured Novoselivske in the Luhansk Oblast, referencing photos showing Russian tanks within the settlement. Russian authorities claimed they'd recaptured the town a few days ago, but the GSAFU reported that Russian advances in the area had been repelled. We'll keep you posted as more information comes available. In the Bakhmut area, Russian forces are struggling with unsuccessful counterattacks northeast of Dilyevka, and Ukrainian forces managed to hold back Russian offensives near Avdiivka and Marinka, all in Donetsk Oblast. In the southern theater of operations, Ukrainian forces continue to take successful counter-battery measures, destroying artillery systems along the southern front. Russia once again attempted counter-offensive operations near Robotyne in Zaporizhia Oblast and has significantly reinforced their defensive lines, which has slowed the Ukrainian advance. Deputy Minister Malyar asserts, however, that Ukraine has achieved tactical success in the area. The 47th Mechanized Brigade of the AFU shot down a Russian Ka-52 Alligator attack helicopter near Robotne using a man-portable air defense system, or MANPAD. 
Moving on to the home front, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky reported on August 6 that Russian forces launched 65 missiles and over 100 drones at Ukraine over the last week, noting that most of them were intercepted by air defenses, saying, quote, Ukraine can win this battle, and our air shield will later guarantee the security of all of Europe, end quote. A Russian attack on the city of Kherson on the night of August 6th to 7th struck a nine-story residential building, killing a woman and injuring 12 other civilians. Three people were killed and seven wounded in Russian strikes on the Kupiansk district of Kharkiv Oblast on Sunday. A residential building was hit in Pokrovsk in Donetsk on August 7th, killing one and injuring seven. Rescuers were on the scene when there was a second attack about 30 to 45 minutes later. Five more people were killed in the double-tap attack, including the deputy head of the state emergency service in Donetsk Oblast. As of the time of recording, United24 Media reported that seven people had been killed and 67 injured. Among the injured was Volodymyr Nikulin, a police officer from Mariupol who was featured in the documentary 20 Days in Mariupol. Metropolitan Yanofan, head of the Ukrainian Orthodox Church of the Moscow Patriarchate in Vinitsia Oblast, was sentenced to five years in prison for, quote, public justification of Russia's unprovoked full-scale invasion of Ukraine. If you're enjoying the episode, please rate us and leave a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to reach out to us via email at social at borlingen.media. That's B-O-R-L-I-N-G-O-N dot media. Let's move on to the temporarily occupied territories. Ukraine confirmed that both the Chonhar and Khenechesk bridges, which Russian forces used to transport supplies to their troops at the front from Crimea, were struck on August 6th, with photos of the Khenechesk bridge showing a gaping hole in a partially collapsed roadway. The damage to the two key road bridges along the critical Russian supply lines from Crimea was reportedly part of a Ukrainian interdiction campaign to set conditions for a further escalation of the counteroffensive. There are only a few major roadways leading off the Crimean Peninsula, and with recent attacks on the Chonhar, Khenechesk, and Kerch Strait bridges, Russian occupation authorities are forced to reroute traffic to a single supply line, the M-17 highway through Armyansk. Well within the range of Ukrainian missiles and drones, it's likely only a matter of time before the M-17 suffers a precision strike of its own. Speaking of fundamentally unsound, Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov said that Russia allegedly does not want any Ukrainian territories other than the four oblasts and Crimea that were illegally added to the Russian constitution. That's not how it works. That's really not how any of this works. It seems like Russian Minister of Defense Sergei Shoigu's visit to North Korea wasn't as successful as the Kremlin might have liked. According to Reuters, the computer networks of one of Russia's top missile developers, NPO Mashinostoyanaya, were breached by a, quote, elite group of North Korean hackers, end quote, linked to the North Korean government. The cyber espionage team reportedly, quote, secretly installed stealthy digital backdoors into systems, end quote. Fun fact, 
While NPO MASH is no longer the major player in Russian missile design it used to be, it is probably best known today for designing the P-800 Onyx naval anti-ship missile, most recently pressed into service as a ground-launched cruise missile. Let's talk about the news worldwide. The head of the president's office, Andriy Yermak, joined delegations from more than 30 nations in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, over the weekend for a summit on the implementation of President Zelensky's peace formula. China was among the nations participating, and European officials called it, quote, constructive, reporting that China has indicated willingness to attend future talks on resolving the war in Ukraine. While the summit didn't result in any, quote, concrete developments, it was seen as a success for Kyiv, especially given China's refusal to attend a similar summit in Copenhagen only a few weeks ago. Yermak said that Ukraine plans to hold two summits of its own on Zelensky's peace plan, announcing, quote, The first summit is a constituent one, at which the participants must approve Zelensky's peace formula, end quote. The second summit will reportedly involve Russia. Let's talk military tech. Lithuania will transfer NASM's air defense systems to Ukraine, quote, soon, according to the Lithuanian Defense Ministry, as well as counter-drones and logistics equipment. The nation will also continue to provide military training to Ukrainian soldiers, medical treatment and rehabilitation, and financial aid. The UK, responding to Ukraine's need for short-range air defense systems, provided previously unannounced ground-launched AIM-132 ASRAM missiles, effectively turning ASRAMs into anti-aircraft missiles. Launched from an aircraft, the AIM-132 has a range of 25 kilometers. Information on the range when launched from the ground was not provided. Defense Express released the results of an investigation that suggests Chinese companies have been producing UAVs for Russia in spite of China's drone export restrictions. The companies reportedly manufacture the components for the UAVs including drones that are capable of carrying two 16-kilogram, 120-millimeter mortar rounds at once, and ship them to Russia to be assembled and adapted for strikes. During the celebration of the Ukrainian Air Force Day on August 6, President Zelensky remarked that the mythos surrounding Russian Kinzhal hypersonic missiles, quote, has been debunked forever. Our warriors have clearly proven that if the defenders of life have the Cossack character— our domestic air defense systems and the air defense systems of our partners, then the terrorists do not stand a chance. No Kinjal will help Moscow. End quote. During the same ceremony, Zelensky presented state awards to members of the Ukrainian Air Force, notably the Zolotazirka or Gold Star Medal to the families of pilots Colonel Mikhailo Matyushenko, callsign Did and Major Yuri Krasilnikov, who both received the title of the Hero of Ukraine posthumously after their aircraft was struck by Russian air defense following a successful mission over Snake Island in the Black Sea back in June 2022. Germany has reportedly agreed to send long-range Taurus missiles to Ukraine, but only when the U.S. provides Ukraine with attackums. With a range of 500 kilometers, Taurus missiles would bring the entirety of the occupied territories within striking distance, including the southern coast of Crimea. In the week from July 31st to August 6th, 2023, 
Ukrainian forces destroyed 68 Shahed-131-136 drones and 34 Lancet drones, according to Deputy Minister Malyar. This is a much higher number than has been reported in previous weeks, indicating that Ukrainian forces are discovering increasingly effective means to counter Russian kamikaze drones, which have been a hazard for Ukrainian troops on the battlefield and caused significant losses to Ukrainian armor early in the counteroffensive. The first batch of U.S.-provided Abrams tanks was approved for shipment over the weekend and is expected to arrive in Ukraine early this fall. That's the brief for today. Remember to check your sources and don't fall for propaganda. Join us on YouTube and TikTok for more Ukraine content and live news reports. And please consider supporting our work on Substack. You'll find the links in the description. We'll be back tomorrow with more updates. Until then, stay safe, everyone. Do pobachenye.